thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. We've always taken mums the word to mean keeping things to ourselves. Well, this is no longer the case as we provide mums with the natural, honest, and reliable resources they need from experts and other mums to keep their families happy, healthy, and safe. Be prepared to use your passion for parenting to empower yourself with the knowledge of choice. Welcome to Mums the Word with your host, mum and chiropractor, Kaz Jaff. Welcome back. It's Kaz Jaff here and you're listening, as you know, to Mums the Word. And I'm pretty excited about this episode because it's with another fellow chiropractor mama. And uh, we got into some amazing uh, topics and also really just delved into Emily's expertise. And uh, well, the topic gives it a little bit away. She works a lot with C-section um, scars and people who have had C-sections. And I guess uh, without giving too much away, she delves into how that can affect your posture for many years there after as well as your health. Um, Dr. Emily Kibbert uh, has been a chiropractor in Midtown Manhattan for 10 years and is the founder of Urban Wellness Clinic, a multidisciplinary clinic with chiropractors, massage therapy, personal training, nutrition, yoga therapy, and acupuncture. She is obsessed with movement and is fascinated with how the body compensates for injuries. She's a mama to a one-year-old baby, Elvis. She's a wife to DJ. She loves getting her patients moving better, smarter, and pain-free. In her world, work-life balance is a myth because she believes if you love what you do, they are seamless. I love her energy. I love the fact that Emily approached me as being a listener and um, that's really always exciting for me. So if you've got something amazing to share, by all means, reach out and maybe we could do an episode together as well. Enjoy the show. Hey, Emily, very happy to be speaking to you too from the heart of Midtown Manhattan. Welcome to the show. Please tell the listeners all about yourself. Thank you for having me. I'm such a fan of your show. Um, it's so great to be bringing this information to, uh, your listeners. Uh, I am a mother to my one-year-old baby Elvis. Such a uh, cool name. My- Such a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a house in Bali for him called Villa Graceland in Ubud. And, that. uh, my other baby is Urban Wellness Clinic in Midtown Manhattan, right at 57th Street and 6th Avenue. And it's a multidisciplinary clinic. So it's myself, another chiropractor, massage therapy. We have a trainer on staff. We do lots of strength, uh, nutrition. I'm also a yoga instructor. So that's my other baby (laughs) is all my my, uh, yoga classes. And uh, yeah, and acupuncture. And then very um, specific focus on women's recovery after having a C-section and the scar tissue and core, um, not problems, but uh, difficulties that happen after, you know, going through that kind of surgery, which a lot of women don't see as surgery. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I always love when a listener contacts me. I mean, it just, I mean, yeah, for me, it's also a little bit of a thrill that we're hitting all around the world. I mean, yeah, it's great for me. So when you wrote to me and wanted to talk about this topic, we really haven't done anything related to C-section scars per se, and it is so important. And and just what you said now, people sometimes forget that it's actually abdominal surgery. You know, it's like very blasé, and, and they're expecting themselves to get back into the swing of things and not giving themselves time, um, yeah, to recover. But um, before we go there, I'd just love to hear your story and really what got you into this kind of work. 
So if you could share that, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, I'm originally from Michigan. Uh, when I was 14, playing soccer, like a very active teenager, I had an ankle sprain. Um, I went to physical therapy to rehab it. Uh, and a couple months later, I started getting headaches. And my chiropractor, who was an applied kinesiology guy named, his name's Robert Racky, uh, found that my headaches were being caused due to this ankle instability. He kind of pieced it together that it was working its way up the kinetic chain of the body. And my neck was kind of locking down on one side to compensate for trying to find stability through that ankle still. And that really spiked my interest in how, how the body can compensate. And, uh, yeah, I mean, at 14 years old, I was like, I want to go into the health field. Maybe it's chiropractic, maybe it's something else. Um, yeah, that was really the moment. And I graduated from a university actually on the West Coast uh, called Western States Chiropractic College. And I, two months later, I moved to New York City and I started my practice in 2007. Um, and I was more just like a straight kind of adjusting chiropractor. And it was only getting so many people better. And then I started building in soft tissue techniques like Graston active release technique and a greater patient, like more patients started getting better. And then I started to build in some of the yoga therapy and strength. And, uh, and then I took this course, um, called neurokinetic therapy, which uses muscle testing to look for compensations, which was kind of that similar, similar to that technique, uh, that was used when I was 14 years old. Yeah. And you don't, you don't really learn that in chiropractic school. So, uh, and part of that, uh, using that muscle testing is looking at scars, surgical, uh, whether it's like a knee, ankle, really anywhere in the body. Uh, but in my own practice, about five years ago, I started seeing, uh, lots of women coming in after having a C-section, whether it was six weeks after or 10, 20 years after and having some, you could call it like energy leaks in their core or their glutes or shoulder stability and other parts of their body that was directly tied to, uh, the scar tissue related to the C-section scar. Um, and going to chiropractic school, 75% of the population is graduating are men. Um, and so I think it's really unique to be a woman like in New York city, uh, being able to help patients, um, with this kind of work. Right. Cause I know in my own experience, like if I have, if I had had a C-section, I probably wouldn't bring it up to, uh, uh, a male chiropractor potentially. Uh, so I think it's really cool to be able to, um, work on these scars for this population. And it's a very kind of like hush, hush and spoken. Like I said before, a lot of women don't even consider it a surgery when you're asking about their past health. I think there's a lot of shame in, in some respects, whether, um, whether, you know, I mean, in my experience of some of what goes on in New York, it's a little bit like designer birth as well. So, I mean, you see that in, um, 
the business of being born where at the same time as they're having a design of birth, they might also have a tummy tuck as well. So there's almost like the, well, we're not even going to let people admit that we've, we've done that. And then there's the people that it, this, maybe the birth didn't even go their way. And so there's still a lot of grief, shall I say, rather than shame. Um, and, and so for that reason as well, it's even more taboo that they want to discuss that. And so it's nice as female, yeah. it's nice as females, um, practitioners. It's a blessing that we're a little bit more. Yeah, just I guess it just comes in the nature that people feel like they can open up and share with us a little bit more. Obviously, I'm being general, but um, that's a gift that we have, luckily, that we're we're born with. Yeah, absolutely. And we see both of those uh, women that have scheduled their C-section and baby came out and, you know, was breastfed a little bit and then maybe put right on formula, but it's like definitely scheduled. I got to get back to work within a certain number of weeks. Uh, and we have had them as a patient and it was kind of discovered that the C-section scar is, um, they're having a hard time integrating their core. Now they're going to Pilates five times a week and they just never felt like they could get it to fire or get strong in that same way. Uh, and then we've had those women that were mentally physically prepared for a natural birth and uh in new york there is a like once you go to the hospital you have about 24 hours to deliver naturally and if you're going beyond that 24 hour mark you know you know there's steps taken to speed up the birth uh and if it's not it just doesn't happen within that timeline then a c-section is scheduled so we've seen lots of women as well who have are grieving because they had planned and worked so hard to uh, have that natural birth and it didn't happen. So, so, so of course I'm curious about your birth now, cause that just makes me feel that in some level, if I, if I just from my personal kind of thinking goes mm-hmm. in the direction of, if I know that's kind of the, the impending situation people after getting into the hospital, if it doesn't go within 24 hours, I reckon that you're driving a lot of home birth underground there. I mean, I don't know how accepted it is, but I think, you know, for certain people it'd be like, I do not want to even end up in the hospital because I know where I'm going, you know? So surely there's a, yeah, there's got to be some underground home birth, unassisted, uh, you know, people going on. Yeah. I mean, in my own experience, um, I was going to, I was full on gung ho to have a birth in a birthing center in a hospital. Yeah. Um, and if you get risked out, they just bring you to the normal labor and delivery floor. And I started to tour hospitals that had that birthing center option. Cause it's very, from a marketing perspective, very enticing. Um, and I would, my husband and I went on these tours and it smelled like cheeseburgers and all the doors were open and here's a tour group of 30 people walking down the hallway and all the doors are open and all these women are, <laughs> they were, I'm like, wait, why is no one giving her any privacy? Oh, why the intercom is <laughs> women are there that are doing tours? Yeah. And the tours, tour groups coming through and, uh, so and the intercom is going off calling different doctors and, I was like, there is no way <laughs> this is going to be my experience. And I tried to transfer to a different birthing center and different hospital. I tried to do just like uh, just a birthing center in Brooklyn. And I was trying to transfer at 32 weeks mm-hmm. and no, no one was going to take me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
Yeah. So I started looking into home births and home birth midwives. And I called, there's a couple in New York that have been doing it for 25 to 30 years. And I interviewed a couple and I was a little wishy-washy. I went in like, well, I'll try to do the home birth. And if I can't do it, I'll get transferred and get an epidural. And they were all like, honey, our clients do not get epidurals. <laughs> we only do emergent transfers if necessary. So if you want to do this, you're going to have to wrap your head around it and get mentally and physically prepared that like the body is meant to naturally do this on your own. And we are here to assist. So... Uh, I took a couple days to think about it and I was like, all right, let's do this. And, um, my baby was breached for the majority of the birth and we had to do an external eversion four times. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> and he, my water broke on my birthday and he was born two days later. And then my husband's birthday is the day after his. So he's oh, like sandwiched oh. between our... <laughs> And it was, it was amazing. It was like 12 hours and then one hour of pushing and yeah, and he's, he's perfect. <laughs> oh, nice. So, nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love a good home birth story. Yeah. I'm surprised that you, you didn't start there actually. Well, everything, you know, I, I had it in the back of my head and my husband was like, no, 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 we're not going to like, he was very resistant to it. And I was like, well, okay. I was I don't have a lot of um, friends who do have kids. We kind of all had kids at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, my mother had two C-sections and I can see how they have affected her health and her core strength. Uh, and yeah, you know, every single step along the way was like, I wanted to the birthing center so that it would decrease my risk of getting a C-section. Mm -hmm. I wanted to try to get the baby out of a breached position such that I wouldn't have to get a C-section because I, for the past five years, have seen the effects of what it does. Um, so the incision typically these days is really low, right along the bikini line. And depending on the doctor, some will do one layer of stitches, uh, the uterus, uh, um, the peritoneum and then of, you know, of the skin, but some people will do multi-layers and some people will do one layer and like the healing is so different. And when you physically put your hands uh, around a C-section scar, it's almost like saran wrap that's been tugged at certain, in certain directions. So even like an inch to two inches away from the scar, you can feel like, uh, as if there's like a little piece of grain, uh, grain of sand underneath the skin, or as if there was like a little piece of rope or dental floss, uh, just kind of tugging towards the scar. And when you test someone's deep, deep core, that core that holds them together, uh, oftentimes a woman after C-section, even if it's 10 years down the road, they'll, they'll shake on the table and you'll barely be pushing, or they will their legs will just drop and I'm like, Oh my God, how are you picking up your kids? How are you okay. <laughs> lifting your, you know, your overhead <laughs> into the, into the, the luggage into the overhead when you're traveling so much, it's just because they're not using that. They're probably using something else in their body. So we'll teach women to do some self massage around the scar and start to create a sensitivity of just, 
feeling it. Um, kind of going along with that grief, like a lot of women are like, I haven't looked at that area in, you know, since I had it and they'll have, you know, like teenagers. They're like, wait, you haven't looked at that area in years. They're like, I don't touch it. I don't look at it. Uh, and they really see it as kind of a shameful part of their body. Almost so, like not part of them or something anymore. Yeah. So we'll teach them to massage uh, around the area to help soften that scar. Uh, we'll have them use magnesium oil because that also helps uh, in softening the scar. Mm-hmm. So it's telling the brain like for around the scar to not stay so contracted and to relax that massage process. And right after that, we have them do some core work, so, like some dead bugs or bird dogs, like some PT exercises. We might have them do a plank. Um, we might have them do some glute work, like whatever we find in the office, like that scar, whatever muscles that scar is turning off, that will be their homework. So it'll be to like massage the scar and then to turn on and reactivate those muscles that have basically gone to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some women who are like, you know what? I, I don't want to go down there and touch. Um, we'll tell them, you know what? Like, when you take a shower, you have to use soap to lather up. So use that time to do some massage, like make it feel almost as if it's just a part of, you know, your shower routine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they'll do that. We get much, and then they, we tell them to get out of the shower, dry off and do some core work. So. And yeah. so, so one of the big questions coming up for me and I guess for, for listeners is, I mean, how soon after they've had a C-section can they have this work done by you or come in and get assessed and, and start working on it? What's your best recommendation there? Yeah, typically it's after, it's usually around like the four to six week mark, just mm-hmm. depends on how they're healing. Yeah. Uh, usually close to the six week mark. Yeah. Yeah. And then what about people who've had, let's say, three C-sections? Yeah, so it's interesting. So that scar tissue will feel really different. So an old scar, like a newer scar, feels like that grain of sand or kind of like a little ropey. An old scar feels like like a piece of leather. And um, so we'll... It, it will, it's going to take more work to soften that scar and to change that muscle memory of the scar is uh, creating a contraction and certain things are turning off. So, yeah, you can definitely feel a difference, and it's definitely just more work. It's kind of like it's life work, it's daily correctives, and that might feel daunting for some. But we just try to position it as like this is like this is one piece of your self care. And essentially, like this, well, is, this is true. This is true also, pretty much for any abdominal surgery. Really, I mean, we're talking about C sections, but we're really talking about someone that's had deep, you know, through lots of layers, uh, abdominal work, which is what it is. But I guess it yeah. could be used for other surgeries too. Yeah, I mean, we found similar things with gallbladder surgery. If someone's had an ectopic pregnancy, like you can literally feel where the scope has gone to go in and uh, remove that. Yeah. Um, it's really for any surgery. Yeah. yeah. It's really for any surgery in the body. Um, but 
our our kind of specialty is that it's the C-section area. And when they do the incision, you know, most surgeons are, are not cutting through the through that muscle of the rectus abdominis. They're cutting through that fascial attachment to mm. the pubic bone. And that can be like the weakest part of your core, that low, low core. So that may be how it differs from other abdominal surgery gotcha. is you're kind of cutting through that weak part of your core. Yeah. Yeah. It's- yeah. And so then what are some of the common, I guess, physical complaints that they'll present with? I mean, you mentioned a little bit about your ankle and neck relationship um, from when mm-hmm. you were younger. What would be some of the, I mean, obviously I could imagine just the fatigue of lifting a child and, um, you know, over and over bending down into the cot when you've got no core. I think even when you haven't had a C-section, that is hard work. Um, <laughs> just after carrying a baby, speaking from personal experience and being well-adjusted, but also standing over a table and adjusting people all day as well doesn't help, But um, as you would attest to as well. But what are some of the, um, I guess, common complaints that people will see and present to you? Because I don't know if they come straight away for the scar work anyway. Yeah, so people come in with uh, neck pain, headaches uh, that's secondary to that core weakness that is caused by the scar. Uh, we had a patient come in, and when she would do core work with her Pilates teacher twice a week, every week for like the last 20 years, she would shake. Like it just seemed like she was kind of plateauing on how strong she got, and that was because of, uh, because of a C-section scar. Um, like her upper body would shake. Uh, low back pain, glute weakness, people complain of like pinching of their SI joints. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be anything head to toe, jaw pain, because really you want to move from your core, right? Like your core is that deep intrinsic core is your diaphragm at the top, that muscle that helps breathe the uh, pelvic floor, and then your transverse abdominis, which is like your personal corset, and then the multifidi down the spine. So that, like if you took away all the uh, aesthetic muscles of your core, like your your rectus, your six-pack, and your obliques, uh, you get that deep intrinsic core. So when that is being cut through or compromised, then you're not moving from that place, your breathing is off, um, you can get secondary pelvic floor dysfunction and now you're trying to use every other part of your body to move instead of your core yeah and what what would be some of the like i guess maybe a bit more technical question for uh, chiropractors or people that work in uh, physical therapy what would be some of the like postural changes that they will they will start to have or you know um, certain moves that they can't do shall i say yeah so they will um a lot of women will have kind of an anterior pelvic tilt mm-hmm. kind of like they're letting their their core spill out yeah you'll find and i guess uh, the scar pulls that tension as well into that direction yeah and it can even pull all the way up you know if you think about um thomas meyer's uh fascia trains uh, anatomy trains but that fascia all the way up the front of the body can get pulled so they'll get anterior head carriage like yeah. rounding of the shoulders is slouch coming all the way from that scar that's down low uh sometimes you'll see you know like a flatter glute like glutes that just don't turn on kind of like pancake butt <laughs> yeah yeah uh, <laughs> and the 
moves that would be tricky for them, uh, if you have them stand, you have them do a back bend or some sort of extension through their lumbar spine, they get stuck or they have trouble shifting their hips over their toes to get that extension. Um, usually some sort of rotational component through the low back. They might even just stand and lift their, like look up towards the ceiling and you're checking extension through the neck and they'll feel a pulling like all the way down the front. So it really, it really affects the whole body. It's kind of, it's kind of wild and it's also cool for the patient to see through muscle testing, through the corrective exercises we give, they're like, oh my God, I came in with neck pain, but it wasn't really my neck. Yeah. I did all this work further down and now my neck pain's gone away. With so much great information provided on each episode, we've created an easy way for you to stay up to date on keeping your family happy, healthy, and safe. For exclusive content, as well as show notes, links for everything we discuss on the episode, as well as a free newsletter to help keep you informed, visit mumsthewordpodcast.com. I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? I mean, if you've just had the scar and the incision and I mean, you can't really giggle, you can't really sneeze, you can't, I mean, any of these, I guess, not crazy large body functions, you feel it, right? So, you know, you feel it with all movements. If you feel it with all movements, obviously it's related to all movements. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And one of the key things that we do down the road after they've done more like basic correctives and massage is reteaching them how to pick up their kid. Uh, with a good hip hinge, not not rounding out their low back, so that it doesn't lead to other issues like disc herniations. But reteaching those healthy movements, like how to press something overhead, how to do a push, how to do a pull. We have the, like these things called the essential seven. Like we tell everyone, like, these are the seven moves you need to do to be a human being. <laughs> so once they're out of that, <laughs> once they're out of pain, now we integrate with the trainer. So people see us for half an hour. This is a doctor, and then we'll see the trainer for half an hour and he's teaching them uh, how to hip hinge and reach their butt back to the wall. And then he'll start to integrate how to deadlift, which is like the next, the next piece of that. Yeah. So you're having mothers that, you know, may look at a weight and they're like, Oh, I don't do those, you know, and now they're deadlifting. And now when they pick up their kid, their back doesn't hurt anymore. And now we just gave them this tool that they can use for the rest of their life. It's so cool. Super, super cool. Super cool. I can't yeah. do your accent very well. I tried. Um, so, <laughs> so a few questions. I mean, obviously you're in like, you know, midtown Manhattan. How are mums getting yeah. around with kids these days? Because I notice a lot of mums coming in, bring their kids in with the infant car seat carrier, which I straight away am onto. And as soon as they get off the table, they're off carrying, well, it's called a Maxi Cozy, the brand here. And it's like, how can you yeah. carry that well with a good posture? Like, I'm just curious how... And mums getting around what I imagine busy Manhattan with their kids. I mean, it's not like everyone's got a car and they're getting a park outside your practice. I mean, are they bringing their baby, wearing them in a carrier or? Yeah. So people bring them in the carrier. Uh, and obviously the carrier, as the baby gets heavier, starts to pull on that low back, mm. like right at the lumbosacral junction. Um, and then women will start to get back pain. So we'll teach them stuff like foot dialing. Where they're standing, they're squeezing their heels together to activate their glute max. It gives them a little bit of a posterior tuck and it takes a little bit of the pressure off the low back. It's really a cue from the strength training. Like if you're going to teach someone to deadlift, like squeeze your heels, dial your feet. But, you know, 
you're carrying you're carrying a kid on your chest and now there's more weight on the front of your body you can use that same cue um, to get their butt to turn on to take the pressure off their back without having them to take off their kid and get on the floor they can do it you know waiting for the light to change before they cross the street mm-hmm. uh, they also how else do we get around uh, they make some really great <laughs> compact strollers like the city mini yeah. There's the Bugaboo B that just like you take one hand and That's you pull the have. strap and it yeah. just folds. Yeah. Actually, I've got so, two. The the Zen the Zen Yo Yo is also pretty good. The baby Zen Yo Yo uh, like fits in an overhead nice. locker when you're traveling in Europe. Um, that's like my second hand travel one. But the B has been a lifesaver as well. Yeah. yeah. I think as a mother, you get really good at knowing which subway stops have the elevator. Exits. That's kind of what I'm thinking. It's totally not a stroller-friendly town. Neither is Barcelona, for that matter. Of uh, when I've travelled there, and Paris, also not like. I just, yeah, I I look at people in these cities, thinking, oh my god, it's not a baby-friendly place. And of course, it's such a huge population in New York. People are having babies. Like, I just, yeah, yeah, I'm just curious how they come into you. They're not, yeah, they're not parking the car and coming in. Yeah. Yeah, most of them are walking with a carrier, taking the really compact stroller. You'd be surprised. Some mothers, like when they find someone they love, they're like, we are going to travel on the train with our two kids all the way from Brooklyn (laughs) to Midtown Manhattan to come and see you. And we're going to get off that stop. That's one stop before yours to take the (laughs) the elevator up. (laughs) Yeah, the lift up because the... the one, the stop at the bottom of my building doesn't have a lift and we're going to walk those 10 blocks to see you. So <laughs> I think Good. the New York women are just like so resilient. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Well, and so, and so what does like a typical visit look like then um, for this work? And I guess, you know, is it something that, I mean, I, I know the answer, but I'm just asking for the general uh, listener. I mean, how long are they expecting to see this kind of change? Like what could they expect? Yeah. Yeah, so initial visit is an hour. We're doing a movement assessment. We're doing some muscle testing, obviously taking like a full full history. And um, and after the muscle testing, we're usually, usually using active release to do a lot of the soft tissue work. If it's around the scar, we're just doing more gentle work than, than active release. And then we're giving exercises and... Um, I like, I love the patients that are doing what we give them and they're getting better. The patients that don't do (laughs) what we ask them, you know, we'll see them more often, but, uh, the typical person will see between four and six visits. Uh The idea is like, we are giving you the tools to take care of yourself, hoping that you're doing them. And then after that, it's like, okay, now you're going to start working with us and with our trainer. And then we have programs down the road, like we have six-week transformation programs where people are learning good form of how to use kettlebells to strength train. Uh, We have workshops every month. We have uh, weekly classes um, to create community. So uh, we have a gym within the clinic. Uh, And in New York, it is very much like work hard, play hard. So people are going to 60-person <laughs> workout classes, and it's an amazing energy, but it's like you're not getting that one-on-one. Like the, sometimes an instructor is not even speaking to you because there's so many, uh, so many students. So we have classes that are like high-intensity interval training, but 
it maxes out at four people Mm -hmm. because we want everyone to get that personalized attention. So we've taken mothers who have walked in with like debilitating neck pain or back pain or even like shoulder impingement. And now they're doing these strength classes on a weekly basis. Uh, They've done our six week transformation programs and they're strong and they're, you know, they're, they're losing weight because they're now picking up tools that they haven't done before. Uh, it's really, it's really incredible to see. No, oh, it sounds super inspiring as well. It sounds like you're ready to teach this work. <laughs> I know, as right? in to chiropractors, <laughs> I mean, not to your regular daily, um, you know, clients that come to you. So yeah. I can hear your passion. That's all. It sounds, sounds great. Oh, thanks. We're starting to do, um, like, workshops for trainers mm-hmm. so like uh you have a postpartum mom and you want to train her uh some trainers will just kind of steer away from lower body exercises um, or they kind of won't know what to do um and so we will we've been doing workshops on like how to work with that population like how to uh, regress or progress certain exercises based on what they come in with, come in with. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, cool. I want to move into a little bit more you, the mum, as well. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, you shared a little bit about your birth story, but I'd also just want to get into you in terms of parenting and things like that, just so that, you know, building the community on mum's the word. Um, yeah. What's some of the best advice that you've ever received, um, either when you were pregnant or as a new mum? I think the two best pieces of advice were ask for help (laughs) and you don't have to do it all. I know right after I gave birth, I just felt, uh, and I'm sure part this is part of just like hormones and everything and giving birth just felt like everything has to be done. Like everything has to be perfect. Like the dishes, the house has to be clean. Dinner has to be made. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't even know how to take care of this, like, (laughs) new, beautiful baby. And I think just letting go, like, really, you just have to, like, focus (laughs) on the being in front of you and everything else will work out okay. And not to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. And and are your family nearby at all? Uh, My family is in Michigan, but my mother (laughs) actually lives with us now. So That's handy. I know, I know. I'm like so, so lucky. And all my patients and all my friends remind me on a daily basis. Uh, yeah, a month after Elvis was born, I was like, you know what? Like, I, this is back going back to like asking for help. I was like, you know what? I just need help. I just like emotional support, like the physical support. Like, I, in New York, I never cooked that much. Um, so I was ordering out all the time and it, like, I just didn't feel very good. I was like, you can like help me cook and help just help in general. And she's still with us a year later. She's come with us to Bali three times, uh, in the past year, you know, she, like Mike Elvis sometimes looks at her and I wonder if he's like looking at mom when he looks at her. <laughs> oh, I, think it's but, a beautiful, um, I think it's a beautiful gift to give, well, to give them both. I don't think any grandmother would pass up the chance to be around their grandchild, you know, all the time. But yeah. I mean, I spent many of my childhood years living also in the house with my grandma and we're super mm-hmm. close because of that. And my kids have also spent time living with their grandma mm-hmm. as well and grandpa, yeah. shall I say. But yeah. Um, it's a special gift and most cultures do that anyway. Like it's, it's not that strange. 
It's, it's I know okay. it's so it's so American. Like if you had asked my fourteen year old self, like one day your mother is going to live with you in your New York apartment and <laughs> take care of your baby, I'd be like, no way. But now being thirty six years old, I every day I'm so grateful, and I've never asked her to like cook dinner and every night dinner's on the table so i feel oh my god is she a good cook i mean of course you have to say yeah. yes but yeah she she's a good cook she just makes an amazing roast chicken See, this is why you're not a great good cook i mean i'm in the same boat my mum is so good but i was like i was like okay well you know you're you're so good i can't live up to that you know yeah 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 totally um yeah she's also a really good sewer which means i'm also not a very good sewer Oh my goodness. My mother totally tried to teach me. We had this big, beautiful sewing machine and I was like, yeah, you're so good at it. Why don't you just <laughs> do all my sewing projects for me? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. she's, she's great. Oh, what a blessing. What a blessing. And, and what about, um, cause you know, I ask every guest, what about sharing some great um, resources that have helped you along your way? That would be awesome to hear some of your resources. Yeah, I read, I am just, my being, I love informing myself. It makes me feel less anxious. So I just devour books, podcasts, everything. And one of my yoga friends gave me this really lovely book called Bountiful, Beautiful, Blissful, Experience the Natural Power of Pregnancy and Birth. It's by a Kundalini uh, yoga teacher. Yeah, I think. And I when I looked at this, yeah, 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 when I first looked at the cover, I was like a little skeptical, but you know, it goes week by week of like different breathing, meditation, yoga postures that you can do to prepare for your birth. And they talk about why you're doing a certain posture at a certain time of your pregnancy. So, you know, as you're getting closer to your third trimester, there's so much more uh, laxity in all the ligaments. So they're doing more supported yoga poses. They're doing different breathing exercises, like more calming ones and grounding breathing exercises just to prepare um yeah to prepare the body for birth so that your birthing experience isn't this chaotic fearful experience you're you're ready the other book i would recommend would be uh wonder weeks yeah the wonder weeks yeah i, I just I, I like those. that was actually translated from dutch there's an app as well now oh. Oh, is there? Ah, my trainer. Yeah, my trainer has a two-year-old, and he recommended it. And it's just nice to know you're like, Elvis, like, why were you just an amazing sleeper, and now you're waking up every two hours? I go to Wonder Weeks, and they're like, oh, like, this is expected. It just just calms the nervous system. Totally. (laughs) Oh, you're normal. I'm normal. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It just normalizes everything that feels crazy in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's actually um, from a Dutch book called Ui Ikhui, which means like, oh, I'm growing. (laughs) Ah. Really funny. But yeah, there's an app now as well. Yeah. Oh, I have to check it out. It's a good, it's a good tip that you've given everyone. Um, so if you could back, go back in time to your pregnant self, what would you tell yourself? Mm-hmm. So like everything that you did to work up to giving birth is like exactly what you were meant to do. I think there's so much doubt, uh, you know, cause I was devouring, you know, May's books, uh, 
books that were like, what to expect when you're expecting more mainstream books. And uh, there's just so much information flowing through my head. I was, as I was trying to make decisions of, do I do it in the hospital? Do I do a home birth? And I, I, I'm a true believer that like this moment, like where I am at this very moment, like everything that I did has led me to this very moment. So like to have, you know, my baby, my water break on my birthday, like everything, everything that I did, <laughs> like for some reason that was meant to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, there's so much, there's so much, um, I guess, peace from that, isn't there? So much rest that yeah. that gives as well. Just trusting, yeah. trusting in the universe and the timing, I guess, is what you're really saying. Yeah. 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 And I think when you have a home birth, you, you really have to surrender up to that because there's, you know, like, you're not going to get Pitocin and you're not going to get epidural and you're, you know, like I didn't know how dilated I was at what hour until afterwards when my midwife told me. So it's really just surrendering up to the process. And I think as I was leading up to a home birth, I was really trying to mentally get my head around that. So, so if you were to go, I mean, cause how many times were you checked just you know, off topic or on topic, but a little bit um, mm-hmm. in depth, you know, how many times were you checked in labor to see how far along you were? I was checked twice. Uh, one was like five hours into labor and I was begging my midwife, Marcy Tardio, who's amazing. I'm like, can I please go in the tub now? And she goes, you know what? Let's just check. And she goes, you know what? You're laboring really hard. Let's give you this like concoction of herbs. And she just like gave me a shot glass and I shot it back and I literally slept almost slept through my contractions for the next (laughs) like four hours. And then, you know, I started the contractions were closer together. And she's like, you know what, let's check again. She's like, okay, I think we're ready to like lay everything out and have you like work towards pushing. It's like, okay. And then afterwards she's like, you know, that first time you asked me when you were begging me to go to the tub, you were about three centimeter, three, (laughs) three dilated. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much for not telling me in the moment because I would have probably freaked out. You would have been deflated. Yeah. I would have just been like, oh my God, how much longer is this going to be? But So, so yeah, it, didn't, actually, it yeah. didn't really come from you then, that the checks then? Like you weren't saying, um, please tell me how far along I'm going? No. And uh, Marcy, the midwife, and I had kind of agreed upon that before, like in our visits leading up to birth. She's like, you know, I'm not – unless there's some emergent situation, like it's not healthy for the progress mm-hmm. of, uh, of labor. Like it just can be very mentally. <laughs> fatiguing yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I only got checked once in the first uh, birth yeah. um, and then none at all in the second. Um, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's so interesting. So in like a lot of New York hospitals, um, like they won't even admit you until you are, I think it's like five or six dilated because if they give you a room and then someone yeah. comes in and they're 10 dilated, well, they just gave that woman's room away and she might be having to labor and deliver in the ER. So sometimes women are like, Oh, my water broke. I'm going to go to the hospital and they'll be sitting in the waiting room uh, for hours. and uh yeah so it's it's a really interesting experience in new york some actually some midwives so they're like you know what 
we we um, emergent transfer to Jersey at this hospital that accepts is very welcoming of midwives. Um, How far is that? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's from Brooklyn. It would be forty five minutes from like Midtown Manhattan. It's probably like twenty minutes, uh-huh. twenty minute car ride. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh no, I'm really glad I didn't go in the car on all those bumps or traffic. Could you imagine like sitting in the red lights and having a contraction just wanting to get there? Anyway, yeah. No, I I mean, a lot of, uh, a lot of doulas will try to have their clients labor at home for as long as possible. And then when they're ready to push, get in the car and get to the hospital. Um, (laughs) that's like a very common practice of, uh, women who have doulas, uh, in the city. Um, and that sounds <laughs> like to me whole... like you're ending up having a baby in a cab. That's what that sounds like. Yeah, potentially. But I'm like, Oh, if you had asked me to get in a car, I would have been like, <laughs> no way. Hell no. Hell no. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, I definitely want you to share how people can find out about getting this work done with you and find out more just about your services and you need to give us all your details. So your Insta and your Facebook and yeah. What are they? Yeah. So, uh, the website is urbanwellnessclinic.com and we have a blog, all our services on there. Um, we have an Instagram account, urban wellness clinic (laughs) that we post, (laughs) we post photos of baby Elvis throwing food everywhere to how to clean up your kettlebell swing. Uh, so it's a pretty diverse to like my favorite yoga pose of the week. So it's a pretty diverse Instagram account, but it's a very true representation of my life right now. Uh, Twitter is Dr. Emily Kyber because that's more of my voice. Uh, Facebook, Urban Wellness Clinic, uh, or Emily Kyber. Uh, and what else do we have? Yeah. Instagram and like the blog are the ones that are the most updated. So yeah understand and it's a beautiful website it's a really oh thank you really nice clean i like it it's always a work in progress always i know i know um and uh of course if you could just say where the practice is located again sure so it's a beautiful address it's 57 west 57th street (laughs) that's 1406 i know right and we're on the 14th floor we have a view of like uh, down Sixth Avenue and Fifty Seventh Street, which is amazing when the sun is setting, and uh, yeah, right in Midtown Manhattan, right uh, two blocks south of Central Park. So you can't see Strawberry Fields or anything. <laughs> no, can't see Strawberry Fields. <laughs> <laughs> That's just yeah. like in my whole little, you know, romantic uh, Central Park vision, you know. Um, oh, for sure. It's been so easy chatting to you, seriously. I mean, I know we had a really nice pre-chat as well. It was like, oh, at some point we probably should push record and start doing <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> But it's just really nice connecting to, um, yeah, another lovely chiropractic mum in another, uh, yeah, on another continent actually and that you're a listener and that you want to share and give back to this community. I'm really, really grateful. And um, as I said on the pre-chat, I really do hope that I can come get an adjustment Um at your practice one day and I know yeah thank you thank you so much for having me and I'm just so happy that this sometimes unspoken content is like getting out there it's so cool yeah 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I hope I hope your um your practice members enjoy it as much as my do uh, mine do. And um, yeah, I guess you're getting back into practice now. It's the afternoon there. Yes, absolutely. I have a patient in fifteen minutes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, thanks yeah. for your time, Emily. Seriously, and um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll make sure we get everything written in the show notes for you as well. Great. Thank you so much. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.